Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. Now, in the light of recent events that have been happening in Europe and Russia, you probably heard about SWIFT and how it was used as a sanction against Russia in the recent invasion of Ukraine. Perhaps you're interested to know what even is SWIFT and why was it ever a big deal. In this episode, Guillaume's going to explain exactly that. We hope you enjoy the episode. So, Gil, we have just hit over 1,000 downloads on our podcast. Did you know that? This is amazing, Sam. Yeah, just loved it. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. How do course, you feel about it? Uh, well, we went out and celebrated. That's true. Uh, with Had a big, big high five. And then, <laughs> and then Mostly. <laughs> so, it's good. But I'm super happy people are enjoying the podcast. Yes. Uh, we've gotten really good feedback. We have listeners from all over the world. Yeah, this is South amazing. Africa, New Zealand, Australia, mm-hmm. US. Um, we we're seeing you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, um, absolutely. We hope you get a lot of value out of the podcast. And as always, we will continue to deliver value with today's off topic on absolutely Swift. So yes, uh, you know, we said we wanted to talk about Swift because it's something that's been in the news a little bit with um, not so recent now mm-hmm. uh, global events. Yes, right. So what is Swift? We've heard about it in the whole sanctions with Russia context. Indeed. Um, so why don't you take us through what SWIFT is, what's used for, and why it's such a big deal that this was a sanction that was about to be implemented on Russia at one point. Absolutely. And um, we'll just like to link it to Treasury, Sam. Yes. Um, SWIFT is something super important in Treasury in general because it is um, a bank connectivity channel. So remember we talked about um, the bank relationship management bank connectivity, how to link your systems, how to corporates, like the treasury management system, the payment hub, how to link it to the bank. SWIFT is one of the solutions. So it's something that is ultra important and ultra known in the treasury uh, environment. So what is SWIFT? SWIFT stands for Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. Those are big words uh, right from the beginning, right? So What is it exactly? It is a Belgian company uh, that enables execution of financial transactions and payments between banks or, more generally, in between financial institutions. So it acts as a network that financial institutions use to transmit information. Um, And it's mostly used for international payments. So it's, so I think the key word that I hear from that is telecommunication and transaction, right? So it sounds Mm -hmm. like it's the language between the different banks like a channel almost mm-hmm. that the different banks use to communicate with each other is that is that what it is basically so it's an interesting word to put here language um it's indeed part of swift but swift will really act as the transporter of the information mm. but indeed the language could be associated with the a format used so yes they use certain formats to communicate between themselves the financial institutions uh, and those formats are transmitted by a network, a transporter, which is SWIFT. So, again, we know that people like our examples, so let's take a here. Um, I want to make a payment to your bank account, Hussam. So let's say your bank account is, for some reasons, in the United Kingdoms, um, and I want to make a payment from my Belgian bank account. So I'll pass an order to my bank, which will generate a payment instruction and send it to yours via SWIFT. So SWIFT acts as a carrier of the message containing the payment instructions that is exchanged between the two financial institutions involved in the transaction, so your bank and my bank. So it's the it's the postman in between. 
right? So exactly. it's like if I send you a letter from the UK, mm -hmm. uh, then the postal company is yep. what transports that letter to you. But I am the one that writes a letter, decides on what paper I use, mm -hmm. uh, make sure it's in a language that you would understand when you receive it. Absolutely. So that's like the formatting aspect is still managed by the banks themselves. Mm -hmm. But the SWIFT is just what's connecting the two to each other like a postal service. Exactly. You put the finger on something interesting here. So the format you just mentioned, you indeed are responsible of how you write the message, in which format, etc. But you will use envelopes that are compliant with the post system, right? Yeah. And it's the same with SWIFT. You, the bank will issue its payment information, its payment file, but will also comply with certain standards that are used by the industry and which SWIFT ensures are correct when transmitted. So the letter, what is inside is the bank's will only, but the SWIFT is the carrier of this and will also make sure the format is correct. But it doesn't hold nor manage any bank accounts, just to be 100% clear. It's really the transporter and neither does it hold any money or fund. It's really just the transporter. Okay. And... Is it just payments? Because we just talked about payments here, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, so financial transactions. Yeah. Is that all that Swift does, or what's included in that? Uh, what else can it do other than payments? Yes. So, indeed, on top of payments, um, Swift can do many things, or at least transport many things. So, there is, for example, the settlement instructions. So, what is a settlement instruction? It is the mechanism by which trade settlements, so the exchange of a security against cash. Um, so the mechanism of which this is initiated between seller and buyer. This is one of the things SWIFT transports as well. Foreign exchange confirmations as well. This, is, uh, this means a process by which a participant notifies another participant of the details of a foreign exchange transaction. You can, again, uh, re-listen to our episodes about foreign exchange uh, risk management. So you make trades, you offset positions, all these generate transactions, financial transactions, and you need to confirm them. And this is what uh, SWIFT transports as well. And last but not least, all kind of statements and reports. We already talked about uh, the bank statements um, and SWIFT can also carries all other types of reports. So in the bigger scheme of things, mm -hmm. how much is SWIFT really present? What's the number of banks on SWIFT? Because it's like, it's the postal service, right? Mm -hmm. So. You could have UPS, you could have FedEx. Exactly. Is everything going through SWIFT? Are there competitors? Like how many banks use it? What's, what's the scale of SWIFT itself? Absolutely. And it's interesting to link it on why, um, among the sanctions against Russia, SWIFT was so much of a big deal, right? Yeah. So indeed, SWIFT um, is the biggest communication channel between financial institutions. That's, that's a fact. So... We do not have clear data, but on the SWIFT website, we can see that uh, they are currently connected to 11,000 organizations over 200 countries. So they are global, basically, and they are linked to a lot, if not most, of the main financial institutions of this world. So, actually, organizations, um, those 11,000, are not only financial institutions on top of that, but also corporates. We already talked about it quickly in a previous episode. Corporates can indeed choose to set up a swift connectivity directly with their banks in order to facilitate the exchange of financial transactions and payments as well. Um, a little bit like two financial institutions would do. Instead here is the corporate sending to the bank directly its information and its payment through the SWIFT uh, service channel. So each organization 
that is linked like this to Swift is attributed a unique Swift code that we also call BIC, B-I-C. And if you already made payment to some of your friends or people, you might have had to populate on top of the bank account the BIC of the bank, the, the BIC. The BIC code, yeah. Exactly, and that is the BIC of the bank. And so in terms of volumes, again here, no really recent detailed data are available. Uh, but we have an idea, and so they explained that since 2018, um, at least half of the high-value cross-border payments worldwide are done through the SWIFT network. Um, also, the SWIFT has different global financial messaging solutions, and the two most renowned are SWIFT FIM, F-I-M, and SWIFT FILACT. And FIM processes more than 31.3 million messages per day. So a lot of use. Definitely a lot of messages per day, indeed. So, do you know if that's if it's the most commonly used just from a first mover advantage point of view? Or is it the most efficient? Are there competitors? To Swift, you mean? Yes. So, Swift has competitors, indeed, but they are the main on the market since 1973 or 77. You uh, get me a bit uh, short here. But so, they are the main actor on the market. Of course, they are competitors, especially with the new technology arising. So now there are a lot of fintechs that try to uh, propose new solutions. Mm -hmm. On top of that, uh, there is indeed the local countries' uh, payment messaging systems as well. Okay. There is, for instance, the Russian one, which is SPFS, so System for Transfer of Financial Messages, and this is the Russian equivalent of SWIFT. So indeed, there are alternatives and there are many other things. So banks can establish a direct connection between themselves and decide not to use a third party as SWIFT. Uh, and this is called host-to-host, -host, so two banks directly connecting to each other. Um, there is also new technologies emerging, such as, with, such as APIs, so Application Programming Interface. This is still a little bit early stage, but this is basically a software connecting two banks between each other. And where it gets interesting is when we look at cryptocurrencies. Um, so this is a very different type of network, but it's uh, a very good alternative to SWIFT because one of the first purposes of the blockchain technology and so of cryptocurrencies was to eliminate the need of third parties, right? So here you can make a payment through the blockchain and not use neither a bank or a messaging network such as SWIFT. So yeah, there are quite some competitors, but still for now, and especially when it comes to international and cross-border transactions, SWIFT is the main actor. Mm -hmm. And is there a differentiation between high-value payments and low-value payments? Or wh where do you draw the line between high-value and low-value? Because you're talking about international bank transfers. Like yes. It's not uh, one or two euros, right? You're talking very exactly. large transactions. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we talk about financial institutions, 31.3 million messages per day. This is a lot, a lot of money. So. Indeed, we can identify two different types of uh, payments. Those are the high versus the low value ones. In a nutshell, high value means it is settled on a same day basis uh, and as soon as possible. So typically we talk here about urgent payments that we want to be executed uh, in an hour or in the same day or one of payments, super important payments that you want to pay your supplier or whatever counterparty you may have to pay that you want to make sure the money arrives as soon as possible. Um, and that's basically what high-value payment is. The difference with low-value is that a low-value payment is mostly dealt in batch. So we talk here about one file when you stack a lot of low-value payments. This, is, this may seem a bit blurry, but so for instance, you, Hussan, uh, you pay your suppliers on the 10th of each month. And uh, you know exactly how much you're going to pay them, you know when, so you create in advance a batch. 
in which you put several payments and you send them all at once. This is a low value payment. Okay, very clear. So Swift as a company, mm -hmm. they do this postal service of transactions, FX confirmations, etc. Exactly. Um, do they provide any other services other than that? Because they're a company, right, in, in themselves. Absolutely. So they claim to be a non-profit company, just so you know. Uh, it's actually an aggregation of uh, different financial institutions. So it's uh, shared by the different uh, core funding members. Uh, and it's meant to be a non-profit uh, organization. Still, they, of course, develop business and uh, have a lot of services. So on top of the transporter function we just described, they offer a lot of software and services to financial They also offer a lot of software and services to financial institutions, mostly in order to uh, set up the interfaces and integrate uh, the software and the transport system between the financial institutions and all the corporates. Um, they also are very active on the compliance market. So you may know that on the payment industry and in banking landscape in general, compliance is really a key topic, especially with uh, 2008, especially uh, fighting against money laundering, uh, all that kind of stuff. And Swift develops a lot of solutions about that when it comes to payments, transactions, new technologies around this. So if I was to summarize all that up. Yes. You're saying that Swift is a non-profit organization which acts as a postal services between banks, mm -hmm. right? Um, they have 11,000 organizations they're part of, etc. So they're really the biggest one. Yes. Right? Yeah. And you mentioned some alternatives. Um, but really for international banks, communications, mm -hmm. yeah. payments, FX confirmations, etc., um, everyone uses SWIFT. So in the context mm -hmm. of that being applied as a sanction, it's really Russian banks mm -hmm. being cut off from all other international banks. Exactly. Locally to Russia, you already mentioned they have a local mm -hmm. uh, transaction management service. Yeah. Um, but knowing that SWIFT is the global standard, mm -hmm. uh, it really means that they just can't communicate. So Russian exactly. individuals, Russian uh, organizations cannot do financial transactions with banks mm -hmm. outside of Russia through SWIFT. And exactly. that would essentially financially isolate them. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So there are several key things to take into account here, and you described it quite well. But so within Russia, banks will most likely be still able to communicate between themselves because they have this internal system. And it's likely that two banks from the same country also have a direct connection, a host-to-host -host one that we just talked about. But indeed, and you uh, pointed out the term perfectly, it's isolate them from the rest of the world because the main international communication system is SWIFT. Mm. If you cut them out, it's very likely that, that their volumes of transaction will be highly diminished, if not completely. Uh, it is likely as well that they have set up connections with direct banks like the big ones. But see, it's a huge pain for them. All right. Thank you very much, Kim. Thank you, Mario Sam.